become a giver because you become like him? Are you giving because you love him? Or are you giving so that at least you won't feel awkward when it comes past you? See, Jesus is standing there, and all he wants you is to give because of who he is. Take that which you want to give the Lord in your hand. I want to pray over that. Father, thank you so much this morning that we can just replicate you, Lord. That we can just walk in your footsteps. And we can say the same things that Jesus says. I don't do anything I don't see my Father do. I don't say anything I don't hear my Father say. And you gave, Lord. Therefore, we give. We give because we love you, Lord. We love you because you first loved us. And you gave your life for us. Lord, as we give this morning, we want to just come and remind you, Lord, not from an arrogant place, but because we have relationship. Father, you said that if we'll give, it will be given back to us. If we sow, there will be an increase. Those are your promises, Father. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take up the offering. Fantastic. I'm so excited to have you here. So excited to have you here. We've been waiting for you. We've been praying for you. We've been praying for you. I want you to know that. We've been praying for you. What's going on? Can we just do something? Can we mute everything else except my mic? Mute the monitors, mute everything else. So we can just have some decent sound. I'm sounding like I'm in a cave. Does that sound better? Have we muted everything? I don't know what goes wrong with that. Just lay your hands on that thing and pray for it, man. Yes, like it cannot be changed every week. And no one touches that in a week. I want you to know that we said that thing right. And no one touches it in the week. Come Sunday morning. Yeah. Come Sunday morning. But be that as it may. Can you guys hear me clearly? Can you hear me clearly? Yeah, if I have to say it twice, I'm not so sure. Eh? <laughs> All right, so this morning I want to talk to you um, how to spot a wannabe. How to spot a wannabe. Now, I used to go to gym serious when I was younger. Um, in the army and after the army and I wanted to, you know, be friss like some other people I know. You know friss with big guns and so you'd go to gym and I'd have somebody teach me and I had a big, big guy. The, um, Hendrix was his surname. He was a staff sergeant in the army. A colored guy. He'd be a very good friend of mine. But he was 45 at that stage. I was nine. So he took me under his wing and he, he coached me in the gym, how to do exercises, and there's a lot of machines when you get there, and I see a lot, there's a lot of the stuff on Facebook now, gym fails, who's, who's seen a bit of those gym fails, okay, I'll tell you one, I'll tell you one, this happened, it really happened, this scrawny guy, you know, scrawny, he looked like a 15-year-old gamer, you know, <laughs> he came to the gym, and you know the machine where you, the, the cables, you take the cable that side, and you take the cable that side, and you're supposed to bend over and then squeeze it like that for your pecs. You know that, you know that exercise? Okay. So it's got weights down there. It's on a cable. So when you pull, the weights pull up. And on this side, the same. When you pull, the weights pull up. And it's cable crossovers that they call it cable crossovers. Well, it might have changed its name. Everything was changed as its name. But then it was called cable crossover. And this guy came in, but it's scrawny. And he puts the weight in there, and I'm looking at this, okay, this is going to be funny. And he grabs that thing. Now, years ago, there was a movie called uh, Robocop. And um, in this movie, the one guy falls in the acid. And he comes out the acid, and he walks like, full of acid. And when this guy did this cable crossovers, he was like, <laughs> it was very funny. And you could see he's a fake. He doesn't know what's going on. You can spot him a mile away. Different things. You can go, the, the, the guys that come in and want to learn how to do it, they look, they stand out. You can spot them. Let's go to Matthew 13, verse 
24, don't you, Scala? Just giving the people to page 213, you know. And this is Jesus speaking, and another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Seed for weed. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares amongst the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to him, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us to go and gather up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest and at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. You see, the first thing I want you to notice here is that there's a huge argument in the world right now of whether Jesus will come back if there is a judgment day. There's a huge argument. You see, it all boils down once again to what has been fed to us from our education system, saying that we come from evolution. Okay. Nothing in the evolution theory is proven. Nothing. You can go and do research, and you will find that evolution is a religion. It is not science. Remember evolution started with the Big Bang? You remember that? Even the scientists have now done away with the Big Bang theory because of the way the planets move. It's very easy. If you put lots of stones and then you put dynamite underneath and you light the dynamite, what will happen to those stones? They will shoot and go away from. And if there was no gravity, well, it will be perpetual in its going away. Yet, the planets remain in their orbits. Are you following? So now they've made away of the Big Bang Theory. Now we've gone over to some alien, somewhere, somehow, a spore fell in a soup of rocks. This is literally what they believe. Okay, And it evolved. That spore evolved. So it went from spore to goo to zoo to you. <laughs> No, no. There is a creator that created the most sophisticated machine in the world. Okay? The most sophisticated machine. He designed it. He put it together. It's got a water system in. It's got a cooling system in. It's got a food system in. It's got a, it's got a brain. The fastest CPU ever. There's no, there's no CPU like that thing between your ears. Eh? It's the fastest CPU with the biggest hard drive you can ever find. The amount of information you can store in your head is phenomenal. They can't. No, it happened by accident. Really? By accident. My word. I just wonder, the, was it an accident that there's a desire in mankind to worship? Is it an accident too? No, it's design. So when they come to the argument that there's no judgment day, it's because they believe there's no creator that, that, gave, that created something for a purpose that gave it accountability and you will give report back on that at the end of time. Listen to what the scripture says. Let's go to our next scripture there. Second Corinthians, for we must be revealed before the judgment seat of Christ. There's a day of judgment. I want you to know, Jesus says this here, right here in this last part. He says, let them grow up together. And then we'll take out the tares and we will burn them. You see, I want to tell you, it's just a lot of people say, will a loving God send you to hell? No, the Bible doesn't say that. You might not like what I'm going to say now. He casts you into the fire. What you do with rubbish is into the fire. Well, am I rubbish? No, but your sin is. Okay? 
And it's not him. We're already destined for it, and he made a salvation plan. You see, a lot of people believe in God. I want you to understand this. A lot of people believe in God. Where you live, where you walk, where you go about, you might meet people that believe in God. And they might go to different churches, different religions, different actions, but they believe in God. But what they don't believe is his salvation plan. Are you following? There's one salvation plan. There's one God. Not many gods. Not, it's not a plural. It's singular. It's him alone. There's one creator. One. He's got one salvation plan. That salvation plan is not based in your performance. It's not based on your merit. You can't be good enough to go to heaven. You can't be good enough to be saved. You can't act right, talk right, walk right, dress right, make up right to be saved. See, there's one gospel, one salvation plan, and that is Jesus. Hebrews 10 says, He made a new and living way for us to come to the throne of grace. That through the veil, the flesh of Jesus was torn apart. A new and living way. There's one gospel. There's one way for salvation. So, that's, that's a bonus. Okay, that was for free for you. Coming back to our passage here. Tears are inevitable. Tears are fake believers, wannabes. People that not truly believe, but they act like they believe. You see, when tears are, tears is a type of grass sown amongst the weed that we can eat, okay? When they germinate, they look the same. They look the same, but they're not. And when they grow up, they look the same. They start acting the same, but they're not. There's a diff- it's only when they start really maturing that you see the difference. Listen, this talks about the church and the people inside the church. How to spot a wannabe. Now, Jesus got no intent to remove those people. He wants all the churches to be filled with fake people, with fake believers. Why? Number one, his heart is to save them. What is impossible to man is possible to God. God can turn somebody that is acting like a Christian. He's a tear and save him, transform him, and make him a child of God. God can do that. All right. The second one is so that we can see the fakeness in us. You see, the scripture is a mirror. I want to show you some things this morning that we need to look at. And see whether I am walking as a tear. Or am I truly child of God? Because it's inevitable. I want you to understand, if you see this, it's, it's a, I want to be. That's the, 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 the fake believer wants to be like the believer. He also wants to be child of God. But he can't get there because it's not something you can do yourself. You can copy the speech. You can learn Christianese. We give on Sunday afternoons at 3 o'clock. Okay? I've got a class here. How to speak Christianese. (laughs) Okay? If you come, you'll be the only one. (laughs) We don't have... Imagine somebody come like find you. I'm here for the Christian East class. <laughs> <It's> like, <no. laughs> oh, indicators of tears. A tear, they are disobedient. Matthew 7:20. We go to the Matthew 7:20. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Okay. It's easy to talk the talk. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, doing the talk will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does, that's the walk, the will of my Father who is in heaven. Okay? Many will tell me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? 
That's Christianese. Doing the deeds. Spiritual deeds. Let me not cast out demons in your name. And do mighty works in your name. Then I will tell them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity, lawlessness. You see, the name of Jesus will work in the mouth of a Gentile. It remains powerful. It remains powerful. That's why in the movies, the, what's the name they use to swear? The name of Jesus. They don't use the name of Ah Buddha. Because there's no power there. Huh? Oh, by Allah, man. There's no power there. But they'll use the name of Jesus over and over and over and over. Something's got to, light has got to go on. Eureka. There's power there. That's why they use it. There's an offensive. Why? Because there's power. When a plane falls, no one has ever shouted, Oh, Allah, save us. They work in iniquity. They do it with lawlessness. You see, let me just get to my topic again here. They are disobedient. Talk is cheap. The language is my truth. Have you heard that? My truth. This means this for me. They will even take the Bible and say, it means this for me. The way I believe. Can you hear that? It's Christianese. It is a tear wanting to be. You can't say, it's what I think or I believe. It says, this is what it means. And let me show you. Go to Scripture. Go to Scripture. And you'll go down the little rabbit hole. And you will find that this word interprets itself and confirms itself. So you don't have to have a, oh, I believe. I believe my will. Habitual disobedience. Tears are disobedient. They talk like believers, but they don't act like believers. You see, one day they said a prayer. One of, it's one of the biggest, strongest things in church is the sinner's prayer. It is... It is so powerful. It's so phenomenal. And so many people get saved by it. Truly saved by it. By the, it's not in the Bible. But we've put it together as church. Not just this church. As the body of Christ globally. We've put it together. And it works because it takes part of Scripture and adds to it. Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You see, so it's taking that. It's by the, you get saved not by the confession of sin. You get saved by the confession of Christ as Lord and Redeemer. That saves you. You don't get saved by what you do, but by what you receive. Yet that very same tool has become such a heresy in church. Because many, many people say, but I prayed the sinner's prayer. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, and their lives have not changed. They are still walking in the same habitual sin. They are still disobedient to the Word of God. They're still there. In our society, it gets frowned on to call out sin. You know that. As a pastor, if you preach sin, guess what happens in your church? It empties out. Because people don't like to hear what they are doing is sinful. And society has come and said, everything goes as long as you're happy. Now we've come to a place where I can relate as an adult baby. And I can wear a nappy. Really, there's people that do it. Well, I can relate as a previously trans whatever. And it's okay because it's not sin. Well, I can stay together. And it's not sin. Well, I can be in adultery and it's not sin. Well, I can be a drunkard and it's not sin because, oh, the pastor is not allowed to say it. 
Because when he says it, I'm going to take offense and leave. And I won't bring my tithe anymore. And we'll keep him poor. You're not tithing for me. You're tithing for yourself. If you don't want to tithe in this church, go tithe in another church. It's okay. Just do it because you do it for yourself. You see, disobedient tears remain disobedient. They walk in continuous disobedience. Okay, continuous disobedience. There's a difference about making a mistake. We all make mistakes. Okay, you hit your finger with a hammer. Praise God if you can say hallelujah. Lord, thank you for pain. Mm, I know now my finger must not be in the way. That is what you're teaching me today. But most people will say, oh, enough fort. <laughs> it will come out completely different. Or when that person drives in front of you and you have to hit the brakes and your car slides and you just, just miss it. Oh, bless your soul. Man, that's was what you say. I'm on the water, man. Bless your soul. <laughs> and you see, as Christians, we, you, you lift five fingers, uh, facing that way. The unsaved people, they always lift one finger, facing that way. <laughs> Habitual sin. There's no change in nature. Oh, but they want to be like you. They want to be, oh, look at the grain. They want to be holy. They are pretenders. Acts 5, 1, 2, 3. Ananias. Now, a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, they were part of the church. They were in the church. They were doing good things in the church. Sold a possession. They sold some land. And kept back part of the price. So they kept back part of the price. They told no one. And his wife also being aware. And they brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Okay. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back a part of the price of the land? Okay, never mind. I'll tell you the next one. Isn't the land your land? Couldn't you have done with the money whatever you wanted to do? It is your money. But because he wanted to look like the others, he was pretending to bring everything. Because in Acts, people sold everything they had, and they started handing out, and there was no lack. And everybody had everything they needed. And the church was doing, the body of Christ was moving. That's how they were moving around. Yes, Ananias and his wife. Oh, look, we want to be with this crowd. We like this lifestyle. We like the moral value. We like the social standing of these Christians. They look so nice and so they fake it. They're not really there, so they keep part back. They didn't have to say, they could have just said, I'm only willing to give this. That's all they had to do. Then they were being honest and genuine. I'm only willing to give 10%, 5%, 20%. not I don't want to give 100%. That's more genuine. But they acted like that. And they said, well, there's everything. To try on to stand The money was peeling out there. They are arrogant. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 to 15. Guys, and I want to say to you this, that if one of these things is evident in one person's life, it doesn't make that person a tear. It's when it's there is many of these signs consistently, then I need to look in the mirror. If I've got many of these things in my heart consistently, I need to look into the mirror and I need to deal with me. And also, if I see it consistently in somebody else's life, I need to make sure that that dough doesn't come on me. Not a judgmental thing. Don't interpret this as a judgmental message or a condemning message. This is a message to open our eyes, number one, to ourselves. All right? And number two, so that we can know who to pray for. They are arrogant, two Corinthians. And no wonder, 
For even Satan masqueraded as an angel of light. It is no great thing, therefore, his servants also masquerades as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Are you following? The movies, the cartoons, is a very, very... Please, um, I've had people leave this congregation because of what I'm going to say now. And I will say it again because it's the truth. Okay? The movies, especially the cartoons, is riddled with evil. Okay? So they would start off with training your dragon. And they've got this dark dragon one side there. And no one wants to go to that realm where this dark dragon is. Everybody wants this nice dragon. Now, number one, in the Bible, who is the dragon? Come on. It's a devil. It's in Satan. Satan. All right? It's demonic. How to train your demon is a better title. So now the kids watch it. Oh, it's such a good movie. And they make the one that's outside and that lives in the dark, that is not part of the light, attractive. So now the people, the children's hearts go there first. And the people's hearts go there thereafter. And it's attractive. We can watch training my dragon. Because my dragon operates in the darkness and has got power. And then comes episode two. And then by three, it's total demonic. And there are many of them. Different realm. Shrek. Shrek one. Beautiful. Everybody loves Shrek. Go to Shrek 3, and you see blatant sorcery. Blatant sorcery. You're training your children in the power of magic, which the Bible forbids. Yeah, but it's only a cartoon. Take it. Don't take it. Life is difficult enough that you do not open demonic doors. No. You cannot put evil in front of your eyes and think it will not have an influence on you. It will. It will. We'll get to that a little bit later. I'm just... They become legalistic in the kind of righteousness. You see... That when you get saved... Let me put it to you this way. If I ask you to put up your hand, if you feel righteous, would you put up your hand, please? Who feels righteous? No one. Okay? Can you see? Why don't you feel righteous? Why don't you feel righteous? Yet the Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, that you have become the righteousness of God. Now, a tear would say, well, I am righteous. Huh? What makes you righteous? Oh, well, I'm righteous, you know. I go to church. I pray. I believe. I read my Bible. I'm righteous. A truly righteous person is like a truly humble person. They don't even know it. Oh, I'm so humble. I'm proud of my humility. <laughs> really? You see, righteousness means to be in right standing with God. It's not a feeling, it's a state, it's a condition. God takes you from being unrighteous and filthy and full of sin, and He washes you through the cross, and He places you poof, in a position of right in right standing with my Father. How do I do that? Through the work of the cross. Do I always feel like that? No. It's not based on your feeling. It's not based on your work. It's not based on your performance. It's not based whether you read your Bible every day. Who's still doing the 10 minute? I'm proud of you. We had exams. We struggled. We get to it once or twice a week, but we get there. Read your Bible aloud 10 minutes a day. Not because, oh, it's going to make you righteous. Oh, look, I'm performing again. Well, no, you're not a circus monkey. You're a child of God. 
And when you're a child of God, you long to hear what He says. My children like to come and talk to me. That's how it is. God's children loves to talk to Him. Lacking in grace. An air of superiority. If you're walking around with a chip on your shoulder, guess what? You need to do some homework. If you think the world owes you anything, and I'm speaking to the youngsters, if you think the world owes you anything, you are making a grave mistake. Grave. You've been given the gift of life. Make the best of it. No one owes you nothing. I remember the thoughts that I had when I was unsaved that I used to tell my parents. I didn't ask to be here. You decided me to be here. So you must provide. I know I'm not the only one that's done that, and I know I'm not the only one that's thinking like that right now. I know that. It's the gift of life. All right? You're not entitled to anything. You've got an opportunity to live. You don't have to go to work. You get to go to work. It's an opportunity. It's a, you don't have to go to school. You get to go to school. You don't have to study. You get to study. It's a privilege. There are people that will give their kidneys to go to school or to go to university because they know and they understand that's the way out of poverty. It's the way out of having a bad life to a better life. Derek Prince says in Nigeria, do you know what their God is? Education. Because they understand that education will get them somewhere. They'll be dead dog poor, but their kids will be in England in school. Lacking grace. See, you can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. If you walk around and you cannot have grace on my sin and my mistakes, I can tell you categorically, you are not saved. Cannot. If you walk around judgmental towards any other person and you cannot have grace on them, it's because you have never received grace. So you are unsaved. I know it's a strong statement, but that's the truth. Because people that know grace can give grace. They understand the free gift of grace. They understand it. I didn't deserve to be saved. I didn't. I am filthy. I am a sinner. Do you know the stuff that I've done? I can't tell that. You won't even listen to me. You won't come to church if you know all the stuff that I did before I got saved. It's like impossible. I like what Peter shared. Can any good thing come from Randfontein? You know? Especially next to the railway, next to the bridge, wrong side of town. Can anything good come from there? No. But grace. You see, when you receive grace as a free gift, do you know what you want to do with that? You just want to give it to people. You just want to give it to people. It's like, you know what? You don't have to carry that dirt. You don't have to carry that shame. Oh, those things that you did, you're not really proud of it, but you're using it to masquerade and to camouflage the guilt that you feel and start bragging about it. But I know that deep inside of you, it's hurt you. It's broken because the wages of sin is death. It's caused death in the inside of you. I don't care if you think how, what a party we had on Wednesday night or on Saturday and how many li lines of cocaine and bottled champagne we've had and how many stripes you have on your stick. It's caused death inside of you. It's removed you from who you believe you are because no child ever grows up to be a drunkard, an adulterer, an addict. No. They all grow up with a dream in their hearts and their minds of being something significant. Why? Because that's the heart of God. I know the thoughts that I have towards you of good and not of evil. It's inherently inside of you. But the flesh will draw you away. Sin will draw you away. And the minute I stop stepping in that sin, it causes death. And it causes death. And it removes me so far from the heart of God. I'm so far from Him that when I come in the lungs, believers, I will not have grace in Him. Because I have now turned my life around. 
I am now performing right. I'm coloring in the picture, window dressing, so that you might accept me. Oh, that you see that one did this and that. Oh, did you see that one got divorced now? Oh, did you see that one is... Can you hear there's no grace there? I can categorically state to you that you don't know grace. Therefore, you're not saved. Because the minute you get saved, you're filled with grace for other people. You're filled. You've got so much mercy on people that when they sin... Yes, it makes you angry, but it makes you feel sorry for them because they're caught up in something. They can't break out of it. They falsify salvation. Tears falsify salvation. Galatians 1 verse 8. But even, guys, it's 10 o'clock. I'm going to carry on. Is that okay with you? Everybody's still awake? You want to stand up? Do aerobics? Sit down? Everybody's still happy? Good stuff. But even though... We or an angel from heaven should preach to you any other gospel, good news, other than which we've preached to you, let him be cursed. Okay? As we have said before, so I say now, if any man preaches to you any good news other than which you received, let him be cursed. There's one gospel. It's by Christ alone, by faith alone. By grace alone that you are saved. Amen. Okay, you can't be saved by performance. You can't be saved by... Guys, I'm reiterating. You see, but what a tear will do is say, but you need to do this. You need to do that. But you can't keep on living the way you're living. No, you can't. But when you're saved, the Lord will change you that you cannot carry on because the seed of sin is not in you anymore. You don't get satisfaction from it. His Holy Spirit is inside of you. And now when you go to the pub and you walk out and you're not stable on your feet anymore, you're not whistling. You're like, oh man, I did it again. It starts gnawing at your being. Do you understand that? You... That's when living together and sleeping together, afterwards there's a guilt feeling. There's no joy and satisfaction. There's a guilt feeling because the Holy Spirit is starting to work. If that guilt feeling is not there, guess what? One of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to convince us of sin. So I'm not being convinced of our sin, yet I'm in sin. You can't perform into salvation. You can't add to the gospel. Everything that was done on the cross was fully complete. It paid the whole price. If you and I have to add to the cross, then the cross was insufficient. Doesn't make sense. But because the cross was enough, and I am saved and I am free, I am free to stop sinning. I can walk away from that life because grace is a liberating force. It sets me free. And now the plant no longer rules over me. I rule over the plant. I'm set free. The liquid, she's no longer my boss. I'm its boss. And we get placed back into the right hierarchy. And God made man and woman. He blessed them and gave them dominion over. Dominion over. It doesn't have dominion over you. You have dominion over it. Now you're seated in the right place. You're positioned correctly. You can't perform. See, that's the gospel. That Jesus died for your sins. It doesn't make sense. The world says it's foolishness. Who can wake up off from the dead after three days? He's stinking and decomposed. Verum's already chowing him. Yet Christ wakes up. God raises him. That's the only gospel there is. There is no other gospel. They battle incorrectly. Ephesians 6.12 <clears throat> For we are wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the world rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. If people are your enemy, and you're constantly walking around fighting with 
people and you go from one group of friends or one group of people or one church to another church and you always have a fight going and fight. You go from one job to the next job and you're always fighting, 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 fighting. You are not walking as a wheat, as a true believer because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. When He comes inside of you, you will learn to live with peace even with your enemies. You won't have a fighting spirit, fighting people all the time because people aren't your enemy. No person is your enemy. Your enemy is a spiritual thing, a spiritual force. It's Satan, his cronies that influence people. He's your enemy. If you find fault with everybody always and start fighting with that disagreement, that's a tear behavior. It's tear behavior. I don't say you're going to love everybody. Ne? Really, you're not. There are some people that will just drive you up the wall. And then, what do I say? You've got to love them. Go love them. They title themselves, Revelation 2.2. And yeah, this gets serious. In the church world we live in today, this is serious. I want you to take note. I want you to sit up and wake up, church. Listen to what it says. In Revelation 2, this is Jesus speaking. I know your works and your toil and your perseverance and that you can't tolerate evil men. Okay, and have tested those who call themselves apostles. And they are not, and found them false. When people start calling themselves spiritual titles, I am prophet so and so. I am evangelist so and so. I am revivalist so and so. I am apostle so and so. They call themselves apostles. Abraham never called himself a friend of God. You know that. Abraham was called a friend of God. The other people said, that man's a friend of God. That man is an apostle. That man is a prophet. That man is an evangelist. I want you to go look on somebody that I look up to. Uncle Angus Bacher. So see if you find a title in front of his name. No, he's Angus, a farmer. And probably the biggest evangelist of my lifetime. He doesn't put the evangelist Angus. Prophet so-and-so is visiting. Pastor so-and-so. I know your works and your toil and your perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men. He's talking to the church and the test of those who call themselves apostles. And they are not. And found them false. I'm not saying every person that is walking in certain offices are false. It's those that call themselves, that claim their title to it. You see, they title themselves are you then really that? Why do you have to be like, you know, I don't have to walk around and say, yes, I'm a man, and I'm a man, 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 I'm a man. I don't walk around doing that. Am I a man? I can tell you, a man. Eat the bar, go to Adam's apple. You don't sound like a girl. You don't walk like a girl. It is not a goal, man. You see, I want to take it a little bit further. In the LGBT community, they're so adamant on calling themselves something that they're not. I have never seen a woman drink tea like this. I've never seen a woman do that, have you? I've never seen a woman act like that. Yet a man that is them a car. <laughs> Ma, crack. I'm sorry. Forgive me if I'm being unkind or ungraceful. But I've never seen a woman do that. 
There's something beautiful and elegant about the, the way a woman carries herself. Not nauseating. They clash with your spirit. This, and I thank JC from Living Word, Kate, I listened to one of his sermons. It fitted in so much with this. They clash with your spirit. This is the, probably the one that will give you the biggest know-how. To know that a person is saved or is a tear or not. But do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what fellowship have righteousness and iniquity. What fellowship has light with darkness. Darkness and light don't mix. Okay? So, this is the lesson I've learned from this scripture. If I'm talking to somebody and there's an uncomfortableness in my spirit... It is because the kingdom inside of them is not the kingdom inside of me. And I have to trust the kingdom inside of me that Jesus lives within me. I don't call myself saved. Other people have called me saved. God has called me saved. Therefore, I am saved. There's a kingdom of light that indwells you and I. So now I'm talking with Rustin. Rustin can be mad at me. It doesn't mean we'll clash. There will be something inside of you. That, I can stay, one day I was standing in Bobby Cycles, and the guy, there's a guy talking, chaka, 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 chaka. immediately my spirit's drawn to him. Immediately my spirit, the guy's saved. I know he's saved. I'm not uncomfortable with him. I'm not. You see, that thing there, see now how, do you, you see, you can't put darkness into your light. So when you start watching, I want to come back to that point. When you start m watching movies that are evil, even for the children, you are putting darkness inside and you're polluting their sense of discernment. So they won't know. Years ago, I watched a series of movies, uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, not Lord of the Rings, Pirates of the Caribbean. Love Johnny Depp, love Pirates Caribbean. So a couple of years later, my wife and the kids were gone to Pretoria. I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to binge all three episodes. Five minutes. And my spirit said, what are you doing? You can't be watching this. That's evil. You see, you keep on ignoring that. You keep on ignoring that. You know what's going to happen? The light will start irritating you. The gospel will start irritating. People that talk from the Bible and talk about Jesus will irritate you because there's so much dark. It's polluted. Hence, you go to the world and you speak to them. And you, what do they do? You irritate them. You, you're a party pooper. I've done that before. Go to a couple of guys that are smoking joint. And I start speaking Jesus to them. <laughs> You're killing my buzz, bro. <laughs> you understand that? You go to a pub and you start speaking about Jesus. You will see how they get angry with you like that. Like that. I was at a wedding one time. And I gave word. I've shared this before, but I'll share it again. The Lord gave me word for the married couple. So I went to the groom and I said, listen, I've got word for you and your missus. Can I give it to you? He says, yeah, just wait till the speeches are done. So all the speeches are done. They give me the microphone and I give him his prophetic words, a mooi word. And when I turned to her to give her prophetic word, she ran out of there screaming. Ah! I said, you, and I'm on the mic. I said, you can run. But you can't run from the sound of my voice. And the word of God is reaching you. For 40 minutes, that wedding, the party side, dead quiet. The DJ didn't even play music. Because light came in and displaced the darkness. And there, my wife and myself were sitting alone on the table. They all fleed. They just left. I'm sitting alone on the table. I was like, oh. This is uncomfortable. 
So we stayed about half an hour. I said to my missus, we can go now. <laughs> Spoiled that wedding. You see, you cannot, light and darkness don't mix. And you keep on putting evil before your eyes. You will get so polluted that you cannot discern. And the kingdom of God will not, of the kingdom of darkness will not make you uncomfortable anymore. So you cannot discern. You cannot discern. So when you go to church and you know, listen to a different preacher or different preacher, and they might be preaching a different gospel, your spirit is not going to identify that because it's polluted. Or somebody might be giving prophetic word, or there might be some action in the, in the spirit where people get delivered, and you would think that's the Holy Spirit, me time is demonic, because your filter is dirty. So we're going to go over to communion now. Communion is one of the biggest mirrors we have. And this is where we're going to end off today. If we can have those guys that Rachel organized. Organized, Rachel. Thank you. Come forward to help us with the communion. And this is what I want you to do this morning. Kit, will you spill the key for us? This is what I want you to do this morning. I want you to just, for one minute, take what I've said this morning. I've added scripture to it to, to, to show that there's a spiritual authority behind it. I'm not saying opinion, the book of opinions here. I want you... See, the scripture says when you take communion, take it unworthy, in the wrong state of mind. It's not good for you. What's the wrong state of mind that you've sinned? No. The wrong state of mind is when I don't look into the mirror and say, Lord, where am I? Am I still trying to perform and act like a Christian, a born-again child of God? Or am I born again? Am I habitually walking in sin? Am I arrogant? Have I got title? Do, do I have grace for other people? Do I always think I'm right? Or do I know that I know I'm saved? Then not because one day I said the, the sinner's prayer, Lord, but because your Holy Spirit came and did something inside of me. You can hand up. Father, we thank you so much as, we, as, as they hand out the elements, Lord. Lord, it's, it's, it's fun 